Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreaded Media Podcast. This is episode 133. So, in the words of the immortal Dark Knight, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You either die a franchise going out on top or you live long enough to see yourself get rebooted. Well... Not always. Sometimes there's franchises that no matter how many movies they come out with, they still manage to keep the bar very, very high in terms of entertainment value. And some of these franchises are still going on today. So we thought, let's take a look at some franchises with no bad movies whatsoever. At least in our very subjective opinion. But also we took into consideration the general critic consensus of how these movies are perceived so actually i have one that might be a little divisive in terms of the critical reception but i still maintain the entire trilogy is fantastic uh but before we get into all that josh how are you doing tonight hey buddy just chilling man you know it's been a week so far uh-huh. which is, it, it's one of those like hey it's been a week so far but it's only been two days so uh there's that uh-oh <laughs> i'm in danger <laughs> Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, so also before we get into everything, um, we're gonna we'll get to it when we get to our discussion. But I feel like it'll be interesting of how we're kind of differentiating what should be on this list or not. So when we get to the discussion, I'll kind of confer with my co-host here of do we think this should be on the list or do we not? Because there's a little <laughs> there's a little bit of gray area in the words of Tony Stark. There's a little bit of gray area, and that's where you live. Um, but yeah. neither Josh or I have been watching anything interesting, so let's just get straight into the news because there's a lot of news to go over there this week. Is. So as we talked about last week on the podcast, A Quiet Place 2 is doing phenomenally well at the box office, and rightly so. It's a worthy follow-up to the original. Well, now it seems like we're getting another one, which should come as no surprise, uh, however, it is a little surprising what the nature of the movie might be, so it's a little complicated, because I, I wanted to make sure we got this right when we were presenting this news topic, obviously, and I feel like even then, I'm getting different things from different news outlets of some cases are saying, A Quiet Place 3 is coming March 2023, where some other places are saying... Uh, a Quiet Place spinoff coming March 2023. And in the words of John Krasinski, it kind of sounds like it's a third one that's going to act as a spinoff because he will not be the one directing it. He directed the first two, but he's going to be passing the baton over to a guy named Mike Nichols. Um, yes, Mike Nichols, who did uh, the Matthew McConaughey movie Mud. So I'm going, okay, you're, you're handing it off to a very competent, dramatic filmmaker. Krasinski, to me, is still... Him and Emily Blunt working together are still the bread and butter of this series. So, I don't know how I feel about this. If you had to put money down on it, Josh, would you think A Quiet Place 3 would be a sequel or a spinoff? At this point, I think we're going um, probably spinoff. I haven't seen Quiet Place 2 yet, so I can't... Yeah, even with that, even without having seen the third one that's kind of why I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective on this i yeah i, I would say it's a spinoff it's from all intents and purposes from everything that i've heard um two acts as a pretty while there are like story points that it could like continue with um it's still kind of 
I think you and I always kind of are always like, okay, well then what what story do you tell after this? You know what I mean? So to me, unless it's you're going to pull something out of your butt and and kind of make three a continuation, then I feel like a spinoff might be your best option. Yeah, I I don't know. Here's the thing is, two does set up some really interesting storytelling possibilities. Without saying too much, we meet uh, like groups of people that are still human, but their humanity is gone, so to speak. Like they've gone straight survival mode. So I'd be curious to see have more run-ins with those people. Um, again, without dipping too much into spoiler territory, there are safe spaces in the world, believe it or not. So maybe we have like a Zombieland type quest to get to that sacred safe space or... Um, maybe we go full on action with this of, okay, due to the events of the first movie, we now know how to fight back. Maybe we go on the offensive this time around. I think there's a lot of interesting story possibilities that Krasinski opened up in the first two movies. I am really nervous about him not being the one to direct this just because like what's written on the page is up to the director to how they interpret it each time. And Krasinski was a master of building tension in the first two movies. Like, I thought there'd be a drop-off in quality in the second one in terms of the tension, but I was still white-knuckling it on the edge of my seat, even for the second one. So I'm going, how do you continue that? That's mm-hmm. kind of the basis for our discussion tonight with, like, how do you keep building on success? Like, how do you keep making it fresh and new? And I, I'm just... I don't know how you keep doing that with A Quiet Place. But then again... We've doubted before. It just seems like a really difficult task, yeah. especially with a different person in charge now. Yeah. I mean, if anything, they could go the Fear of the Walking Dead route and do basically the same story, but with different characters, but in a different part of the world. So, I mean, so it's possible. I mean, A Quiet Place, technically speaking, can be told with other characters on a different part of the world. I don't know. It, it, I don't, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to do a sequel at this point to me uh just out of curiosity if they if they were decided to go this route would it at all interest you there was a quick flashback scene at the beginning of quiet place 2 to kind of the when the world went wrong what happened there if this was a prequel not connected to the abbott family at all about like the rise of these creatures would you be interested in that i kind of would yeah i mean at this particular point, there's very, very interesting, for the most part, kind of basic space creatures, if they're from space. Um, so, I don't know. It could be it could be interesting. It, at this point, like, the one, my one thing is, as with all, as all franchises, I hope that they don't milk it until it, you know, they kind of bastardize a lot, some of the, the greatness of the first two. So normally, we don't like to talk about set photos on the podcast here, just because we like to talk about things that have been officially stated, and more often than not, like set photos have not been sanctioned, it's more or less the equivalent of movie paparazzis. Uh, However, after some leaks came out, the director of Shazam! Fury of the Gods, David F. Sandberg, who's a phenomenal human being, uh, more or less, I kind of did a, like, fun little tease 
for the new Shazam suit, uh, except none of the lights were turned on, being totally self-aware. It was really, really funny. So I feel a little bit much more okay talking about it now. Of just like David Osenberg has more or less said, yeah, we knew people were going to see the suit when we were doing some outside filming. So that being said, let's talk about the new Shazam suit that we've got for Shazam 2. Because, bro. Dude. I... It looks all of so sudden, good. All of a sudden, these people are just coming out of the woodwork, bashing the original Shazam suit. Like, I never... Maybe it's just me being in the right film bubbles, but I didn't hear a single complaint about the original Shazam yeah. suit until this one shows up. They're just like, oh, about time they replaced that crappy suit. I'm like, what was wrong with the original suit? I thought it looked fine. Yes, it had a little bit of padding, but that's because Zachary Levi while big isn't like shazam big he's not god build like henry cavill is zachary levi clearly bulked up i think he heard that the rock suit wasn't gonna be padded so he's just like okay yeah i i need to not mess around anymore i need my own suit that's not padded and this thing looks awesome um i think it's gonna be interesting because in some other set photos he has a cape and here he doesn't. So I think at times there's going to be a CG cape and other times a practical cape, which is a really smart choice. And like I said, I like the original Shazam suit. I thought it looked cool. That being said, this is for sure an upgrade. This looks awesome. Um, Josh, you see these set photos of what Shazam's looking like. Thoughts? Yeah, let's go, bro. If we got some... They looked, he looks like... He's okay. I, I want to be careful how I phrase this because I don't know what direction we're going story wise, but like, it looks like somebody's going to deal out the fury of the gods. Like, look at that big boy. God, it just looks good, you know? Like, he looks like a superhero. I'm not, and again, nothing against the suit from the first one. It's a great suit, especially for an origin movie. But I, this is this is one of those, like, okay, we're stepping it up. We're in the big leagues now. We're swinging for the fences. Here we go. Like you know, it's it's a it's a it's a really good suit, dude. Like oh, dude. Like aesthetically, it reminds me a lot of the Man of Steel suit. I've got much more mm-hmm. of that like texture to it. Also, kind of reminds me of a less armored version of the Aquaman suit in terms of the detailing and even some of the gauntlet mm-hmm. looks. Um, the, mm-hmm. Actually, the gauntlets look a lot like the uh, Shang Chi gauntlets that we saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super, super excited. Actually, the, it's weird. To me, the biggest improvement over the original Shazam suit is nothing to do with the costume. It's going to sound weird, but it's in Zachary Levi's hair. In the original, it looked a lot like Zachary Levi had this like jet black wig on the entire time. It didn't mm-hmm. look like natural hair. This looks much more natural, like less like... It was a mold of something that had to fit his head. This looks much more natural. It's such a weird detail, but to me, the hair in the first one looked almost artificial. Maybe that was the mm. point, but it, it just kind of looked bizarre, whereas this yeah. feels much more like natural hair. Um, they also, David of Sandberg also came out and did like a quick like Q&A on his Instagram, because I will follow all of the small details about this movie. He said there will be no Black Adam in this movie. Sure. Does that include? Sure, buddy. Sure. Yeah, does, sure. does that okay. include post-credit scenes? Um, who do you think has a higher probability of showing up in this movie, in either the regular movie or the end credits, The Rock or Henry Cavill? 
I'm going Rock. Unfortunately, I kind of have to, uh, just because like it's it, because of Henry Cavill is so up in the air right now. It's it's hard to have anything to support that. Unfortunately, it's just more likely that Black Adam's going to show up. I am gonna go on the other side. I think it's Superman because I really think they are saving Black Adam for the next one, and I think they're they're saving Black Adam for a third one. So maybe, just maybe, they might put it as an end credits. But for now, I think they teed up enough of Superman in the first one to go. Yeah. Okay, we need to bring him in at least if it's maybe like a scene or two. I feel. Like, they set up more Superman than they did in Black Adam. Like, we know Black Adam will eventually fight Shazam. But maybe it's just me. But I get the sense that The Rock is hyping up more of a fight against Superman than he is against Shazam. So I'm, maybe mm-hmm. that's the direction that they're going instead. Like, yeah, I'll fight Shazam at some point. But my real threat is Superman. Like, The Rock seems to have his eyes locked somewhere else. Yeah. And see, like, part of me feels like that's a slight against Shazam, and I don't, like, that's... What? DC having a slight myth against Shazam? Never heard of that. It's not like they bought Fawcett Comics to destroy the character or anything. I just, it's tough, dude. I, I, because Black Adams is Shazam's villain. Like, why, I don't understand the, the, I mean, I get why The Rock would be like, I want to fight Superman because, like, that's your big bad, but, like, that's not your hero that you're supposed to fight, dude. Like, I – how weird would it be to see Black Adam fight Superman before he fights Shazam? To me, that's just so weird. I think maybe it's either they want to save Shazam and Black Adam as, like, a big, like – end of the three part for both of these like the end of the shazam trilogy and the end of the black adam trilogy will be them squaring off against each other my only hope is they don't end up working together that would be the worst case scenario for me because they're such adversarial characters like they should Mm -hmm. not be teaming up Uh uh-oh josh has a thought say it before it dies of loneliness um okay So, so 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 um my thought here is What if, and this is a fact you and I have always stated, that Shazam is as, if not more powerful than than Superman, right? Because he doesn't have any weaknesses, necessarily. Well, except for, you know, being a child. Being a child. But what if they use Black Adam to show Superman's weakness to, to magic? And then have Shazam not handily beat, but like go toe to toe actually with Black Adam because the, there's no. Oh, match I thought you were saying toe to toe with Superman. I'm like DC will never nah, let Superman get no. beat by Shazam. No, 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 no. But but <laughs> they can indirectly say, hey, he's just as as strong by having him having Black Adam against um, Man of Steel. And then Shazam against Black Adam. I don't know. It's it, that's a reach for me. I I still feel like Black Adam needs to fight Shazam first, but whatever. So, uh, the Flash has been filming for a bit now, and we've been getting some cryptic tweets from director Andy Muschietti. Uh, no like costume reveals or anything, but we've gotten our most cryptic and ominous 
tease yet, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm all for it. So basically, what we got here is what appears to be confirmation of Michael Keaton's Batman, and uh, he might not be in the best shape here. Again, what are we gonna do? Because we're comic book fans, we're gonna take a single Instagram picture that might just be someone with, from catering spilling some raspberry jelly on the bat suit and snap this picture before they got fired and we're gonna overanalyze the crap out of that because we have no lives yep. um so do you think this is confirmation that this is michael keaton's batman will be in this movie it's been like the worst kept secret they haven't officially said it but i think they've officially said it at this point um it's also interesting to know if you really really analyze this picture this is a different bat suit than either of the Keaton movies. Look at the cowl slightly above the logo. That's different neck piece. So whether he's got a new suit, uh, there's a couple different routes here. One of them, because I think Josh, of course, is already probably thinking of this. There might be a Batman Beyond tease here. At least that's that's how I'm reading it. But before I get into that theory, or one that I've had for a little bit here. Uh, Josh, do you think there's a Batman Beyond tease here like I do? Uh, there's the potential. I mean, I think we're going to get Old Man Bruce no matter what here. Um, but potential for Batman Beyond. Also, potential for a Bruce Wayne that is uh, should have left the game a long time ago. Um, I almost... I would, I'm my daring claim at this particular moment will be what if it's old man Bruce oh no I had it and then I lost it oh no 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 um old man Bruce but like there it is but in the the vein of a Thomas Wayne so if we're gonna if you're gonna use the Snyder Snyder cut uh, Snyder movies um be like what if Batman did end up ki- killing Superman and how would that make him regret? Would that cause him to go darker? And well, it was you know Nicolas I mean? Cage's Superman. The whole time. To- oh, 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 don't tease me with that. <laughs> don't do that to me. Oh, he's much too old now, unfortunately. He's much too old for that, unfortunately. Not um, if he's dead. Uh, that's fair. But yeah, no, it's it, it, there's potential here for uh, to do like a Bruce Wayne that goes full Thomas. Um, as far as using guns and being ultra-violent and stuff like that. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I and mean, maybe Barry gives him, like, oh, yes, hope. This the is the power cause... of love. Yeah. Don't take money in it. Don't take fame. Don't need no credit cards to ride this train. Yeah. The speed force. <laughs> so. But, I mean, there's a lot of potential. I don't know. Again, this is, like you said, this is just an Instagram picture. We can overanalyze it all we want. <laughs> Again, it could just be someone from catering that spilled some raspberry jam on the bat suit that looks a little dusty. This Okay, so I'm actually surprised you didn't pick up the baton I dropped. Um, because I think this could actually be a Batman Beyond tease. Again, this could be me reading way too much into it. Of When I saw this, my mind immediately went to you with Batman Beyond of, so this suit has dust on it. Hasn't been used in a very long time. And that's blood. What if this is the Michael Keaton bat suit that hasn't been used in a very long time because the last time it was used, Batman crossed a line that he said he would never go down again. Mm -hmm. And that's the blood of someone that he killed 
using a gun in self-defense to protect himself. And that's how we get the Batman Beyond. Because there's been rumors for a little bit that WWE... Not WWE. That's a very different company. WWE <laughs> is making a Batman Beyond movie. I would pay to good, see good money for that. The WB, Star- <laughs> starring Ricochet. Yes. The WB <laughs> is curious about doing a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton's Batman. I think that's just a tinfoil hat. I didn't put that on. Um, a tinfoil hat theory of... Maybe the blood is there more as a reminder of do not do the thing that don't cross that line again. You can't do it anymore. This is what you did last time you thought you could. However, that's not where I think this might be going. Okay. Cast your mind back to a while back when I said that I think the Flash movie will not be taking inspiration so much from um, Flashpoint, but from its sequel comic, The Button, which is a story about Batman and the Flash... Um, more or less going to back to that Flashpoint timeline and Batman gets to meet his father Thomas because they're just like someone's messed up the timeline and we have to undo it so they more or less have to undo the events of uh, Flashpoint and in doing that Thomas Wayne ceases to exist he's got this cool moment of what do Waynes do we rise and he runs off into the void nothingness and I think that might be how we write off the Snyderverse um, mm-hmm. uh, Barry undoes it not undoes it but like now due to his interfering with the timeline that timeline ceases to exist kind of like the evil biff in back to the future 2 timeline that Gross, story opens movie. that story opens with a certain speedster attacking batman in the bat cave and more or less beating him senseless what if he attacks Michael Keaton's Batman, mm. and it's Reverse Flash. We've heard nothing about a Reverse Flash in this movie, but that's that's the first thing that came to my mind was Batman getting the crap beat out of him by Reverse Flash. It's not unheard of. It's probably still a reach because we've heard nothing about Reverse Flash whatsoever, which kind of more supports my theory that there is no actual villain here. It's Barry messing up the timeline is the the true villain here. But just something to consider. We're still a long way off. Um, last thing before we move on, Josh. At what point do you think we're gonna get like actual pictures from this movie and not just cheeky Instagram teases? Uh, a week before the trailer. Which would be. I think I, I have no idea, but I think they're 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 trying to keep it as close to the as, to the chest as possible. So, um, which I can't really blame them for because. You don't want any of this movie to be leaked. It's just there's just too much. To, not to say there's too much at, at stake, but it just this movie has the potential to be ragged on by fans the most. I think mm. it's it's the riskiest because it's been in development yes. the longest. It's trying to do the most. Um, I think we might get like an official picture of the Flash maybe in the next month or two. Just mm-hmm. be like, sorry, here's what he actually will look like in this movie. This is what the suit looks like. If not, then I don't want to say we'll have to wait until October because that would suck. But DC fandom in October, October 18th, is yeah. shaping up to be a monster day for DC because the Batman has already finished filming. And guys, don't believe any of the stupid reports that are coming out about stuff that's happening on the batman set like matt reeves doing weird stuff or robert pattinson doing weird stuff that's just Although beyond would, stupid 
I mean, depending on the stuff you've heard about Robbie Pat, I wouldn't put it past it. (laughs) No, like, this is, like, beyond stupid of, like, Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson are fighting. WB hated the Batman and wanted reshoots. I'm going, really? Is that why they keep giving Matt Reeves more and more responsibilities? Um, Yeah. But I think Van Dome is shaping up to be huge between the Batman, Black Adam, Shazam will probably be done finished filming by October. This will be done filming by October Fandom was a big deal last year, but now that we have things actively underway, oh, it's going to be a big event, and I'm all for it. So I think that's probably when we're going to get a massive amount of news dumps. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to wait until fandom. Um, In some ways, wait to make sure they don't need any reshoots. I mean, every movie needs reshoots, but... I mean, yeah, but just to so they can be done done i don't know i'm being hopeful here i guess so let's let's get to some weird shall we um we talked about i feel like what was it a week or two ago mm-hmm. that uh Dwayne the rock johnson will be voicing crypto the super dog in a animated super pets movie now titled league of super pets okay i can give or take the name and the rock shared on his social media the remaining voice cast, and I'll be honest, and 90% of it I'm okay with, <laughs> but that one, that one name. So, we get names like John Krasinski, woohoo, Kate McKinnon, really enjoy Kate McKinnon, she's one of my favorite SNL cast members of the past few years, besides Kena Thompson, um, the glorious internet king himself, Keanu Reeves is in this as well. And I'm super excited. My Keanu voice just turned into Nicolas Cage Nick voice Cage. there a little oh, bit. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, I'm like, oh, these are great casts. Um, Diego Luna from Rogue One. Fantastic. And then Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound. Stupid! Ah! Josh <laughs> it's I I think I said this to you when when we saw, when I saw it it feel makes it feel like it's just another buddy project for the rock and the heart and heart it just it's I don't want to like I'm not gonna get all mad about it because I don't think this is this movie's not my dem- it, it's not targeting me i'm not the de- demographic so it's what it is what it is but so i don't know here's my issue with this big time i actually don't mind that kevin hart is in this because apparently kevin hart's not allowed to make movies anymore without the rock which <laughs> kind of gets annoying i don't mind kevin hart being cast in this he's he's a pretty prolific voice actor whatever he's even going to be in borderlands if i remember correctly it's that he's ace the bat hound like <laughs> that does not fit him you've got both john krasinski and keanu reeves in this which fit that role so much better now i highly doubt he's in this at all but the thought just now came into my head and that's why josh saw me freaking out off camera here you know who kevin hart actually would be perfect for and would be a pretty decent villain for this admittedly probably going to be wacky movie with a super pets premise the superman villain mr mixel who is a trickster basically kind of like a 
a cartoon wizard who's all powerful basically, but he doesn't really take himself too seriously. Like, mm. um, the only he's a really wacky, bizarre character that the only way to defeat him is to get him to say his name backwards, and he's a obscure bizarre he's from the era of comics where crypto the super dog would be around of like the wacky superman teams up with batman and robin to ride on surfboards type of 60s era yeah that role i think would fit him a lot better than ace the bat hound like uh, okay kevin hart stupidity aside are you a fan of the rest of this cast? Yeah. I'm kind of waiting to hear who, what everybody else is playing. Yeah, that was kind of weird. With this announcement, out they only for, said... Holding out, holding out for that, that Wonder Twins monkey. So, that's the weird thing is when they announced this, they only said who Kevin Hart and The Rock are playing. Everyone else is just like, mm-hmm. look who else is in this. I'm like, what's Keanu voicing? I, I need to know that. Is it Dr. Fate's dog? I think that could be funny. Um... What's John Krasinski playing? What's Kate McKinnon playing? Uh, also, my l- knowledge of super pets is incredibly limited. I know Ace the Bat Hound and Crypto the Super Dog. Dude, if Keanu Reeves is playing Bat Cow, I can die happy. <laughs> Which means we might get Damian Wayne. <laughs> see, okay, but see, and here's the thing. It's just like spitball in here. Imagine the villain is Batmite and play- voiced by by kevin hart like that would be cool or john mulaney oh ooh, ooh, don't tempt me with a go with john mulaney oh or I, see our knowledge of this might be limited so you diehard young justice fans might be able to shoot us down but could teakle do it without clary and the boy wizard teakle the cat could he be the villain or does he need clary and the boy wizard to to be with him like what about I, I, what about atrocitus's <laughs> cat <laughs> a part of me just needs Teak, uh, uh, the boy Clarion and Teakle to be there, and like just the fa- like seeing Clarion get upset at animals would just—I don't know. Something about that's hilarious. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I, again, I don't think this, we are going to be the target demographic for this film. It's going to be super wacky. Uh, I am going to go into this with no expectations. Uh, like I did Teen Titans Go to the Movies and okay. hoping for the best. We're not going to badmouth Teen Titans Go to the Movies, though. That was though, not a badmouth, man. No, because Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Guys, I didn't watch <laughs> Teen Titans Go, but even if you haven't seen that, see Teen Titans Go to the Movies because that is genuinely one of my favorite comedies of the past few years. It's so cleverly written. Yeah, this, this whole movie just sounds weird. Um, it just it screams one for you. And one for me type with the rock of like, yeah, yeah, we'll let you do a Black Adam, maybe even bring Henry Cavill back for your Black Adam sequel if you're nice, but you got to do this Super Pets movie for us. Also, maybe it's just me reading way too much into this. It's super odd to me that when the rock shared this on his social media, he finished it off with the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change, which is the slogan that he's been attached to attaching to Black yeah. Adam. So I'm going... Uh, are, are, does that no longer refer to Black Adam and it's just you taking more creative control over DC? Is is that what you mean? Or it, it's just kind of bizarre. Like, yeah, it, I I don't mind the character of Crypto. I like it. I just I actually am kind of 
morbidly curious about this movie, but yeah. my expectations are not overly high. Now this, my expectations are through the roof. So I love both Creed movies. I love almost all the Rocky movies as Rocky IV is getting a director's cut later this year, which is super weird. But (laughs) Michael B. Jordan is tasked with directing the next Creed movie. It'll be his directorial debut, and I'm super, super amped. I'm already trusting his vision because my boy knows how to cast a movie as he has found his main adversary slash antagonist for the next Creed movie, Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors. Oh my god. When I saw this casting announcement, my mouth just watered on the spot going, this, this is a pay-per-view matchup right here in terms of both acting ability, in terms of what we could probably see in the ring. Because Josh... You're the more of the Lovecraft Country guy than I am because you've seen the entire show, so you're probably more familiar with this actor brings to the table. Physicality-wise, oh, Michael B. Jordan, you better watch out because this guy's like, even in Lovecraft Country, you can tell he's strong, but not like boxing shape strong. Add him in boxing match shape. Oh, I'm I'm scared if Michael B. Yeah. If I'm Michael B. Jordan, which makes me so excited for this. I'm really curious. Yeah, so uh, really, ca- small caveat: I haven't finished Lovecraft Country, um, and that's just because it did it like at th- three or four episodes in, it got really, really, really weird. And what? Saying a, something even a for Cthulhu me. story got weird. That's the Cthulhu's not involved. It really made me upset. No, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but like seriously, are you he's sure a, he's not? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, kind of, somewhat. I have. I need to finish it. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's in the opening like scene or whatever, and it ends up being a dream. So I don't know. Um, anyway, that aside, Jonathan Majors is an incredible actor. Like you said in the show, he's in incredible shape. Like one of those kind of like. I don't know why you're in that good of shape, but I trust you because you seem like a good guy but you also kind of scare me because like there are several things that happen in Lovecraft country where he has to show his physicality and okay. So uh, Michael B. Jordan is in, he going to get wrecked. Yes. I am very curious as to what story we're about. We're going to be telling. I would almost. All right. So let's, let's spitball here. What, what story you got a face on? I think you, you're, you're, I'm, Picking up the baton I'm handing you. What you got? All I have to say is, I I don't know if this will work canonically in Rocky lore, but what if this is Apollo Creed's birth son? Like, with his actual wife Mm -hmm. that we saw in all the previous Creed movies. So it's, you're the bastard son, I'm the real son. That may be a little too Game of Thronesy. But, but no, 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 that's exactly where I was going. Like where he's like, so he's like, you, you're the, you're the, um, the mistake. And yet somehow you still got more love than I did. You got the chance. You got the opportunity. And so he comes in. So he comes in like with a chip on his shoulder. Just like, uh, you can't have nice things when you come from wealth 
type of thing. So he like yes. he's got this like chip on his shoulder because he's got the silver spoon from birth type of thing. Mm-hmm. The worst thing they can do, and I I hope Michael B. Jordan does go down this route. Please do not make him the son of Clubber Lang. Mm. I know people are just like he could be Mr. T's son. First of all, no. Uh, <laughs> second of all no third of all it wouldn't make sense rocky and clubber had beef clubber and apollo never squared off at that point apollo was already retired he retired after rocky too they had like a quick scene when apollo got in the ring when clubber beat rocky he's just like you're lucky you're not in this ring with me and then apollo's just like keep talking bum or whatever like that was the extent of it because apollo was already retired like apollo and clubber have no beef no history whatsoever it's not like drago where you know you killed my dad this is this would be very very forced rocky connection here and also i don't think rocky will be in this movie at all this will be the first i think solely like creed standing on his own and bringing that family aspect i think could be a lot of fun there yeah and that's the thing i think if it's not family the other kind of thought process i had is you could still maybe do family in it but make um jonathan major's characters like if in the creed universe if michael b jordan is black panther jonathan majors is killmonger like have and play it off that way like they both want the same thing but they're going about it in completely different ways, which is just be, I don't know. It could be very interesting. I'm excited either way. Jonathan Majors deserves more like starring, like big roles. I he's think, a great actor. I think Michael B. Jordan is also showing his prowess here because I think he's getting Jonathan Majors as an actor right as the iron's about to get hot. Like when the, mm-hmm. when this comes out, uh, I think it's next year or the year after, he will be hot because he is going to be a major player in Marvel going forward. So I think Michael B. Jordan's like, I'll snatch him up when I can. He's playing Kang the Conqueror in the next Ant-Man movie in Quantumania. So I think he's trying to go like, okay, you are going to be very, very busy with that franchise going forward, I think. So I want to snatch you up because I see talent and future in you. Plus, I just really, really want to work with you as an actor. I think that could be a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. So... This is like the first time in a Rocky movie in a long time that I'm just really excited for the matchup more than anything else. Like, I'm excited to see these two beat the ever-living crap out of each other in a boxing ring because Michael B. Jordan is a physical specimen when he's in the boxing ring. He looks so good in shape. Jonathan Majors is no slouch either, and he's not even, like, actively prepping for a boxing-type character. So put him in that role... And it might be like a Jake Gyllenhaal and Southpaw transformation of just like go from bad to worse, terrifying wise. What if we get a warrior moment at the end of Creed three? I you I, are I a beautiful it. man. I, I I want it, but I also was just like, oh, I don't know if I want it. <laughs> oh, I know what I want. Yes. Oh. I know what I want. Ooh, and it's go, boy. Oh, We also so have excited. a late addition to this news story too. Um so Josh and I both love John Wick. I'm sure you watching this love John Wick. I'm super super amped for John Wick 4, especially after the major cliffhanger of John Wick 3. Now I'm even more amped because the cast keeps growing as John Wick will have an unlikely ally 
in Donnie freaking Yen. Let's go, boy. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, Josh is just running excited laps around okay. wherever he is. Yo. He's just running in circles, just going, Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen. He's doing the rain dance with Donnie Yen, just Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen. Because, <laughs> like, I have an unhealthy love of Joel Edgerton and Ewan McGregor. Josh has an unhealthy love of Donnie Yen. It's probably totally healthy because Donnie Yen is fantastic. I yeah. love the fact that when they said that he was added to the cast, they were very, very clear, at least from the press release, that he's an ally. Which yeah. I'm going, cool. It's about time we get someone in John Wick's corner as opposed to fighting him. That being said, I wouldn't be opposed to a misunderstanding type scene and they go toe to toe for a, a solid three to four minutes while mm-hmm. Wick explains the situation. Uh, I've got some more ideas as to what's happening with this. Oh, also, before I toss it over to Josh, uh, another piece of casting news just dropped recently with John Wick Chapter 4 with Bill Skarsgård from It has also been added to the cast. I'm going, oh, God. This might be one of the best casted John Wick movies we've gotten so far. But getting back to Donnie Yen, you have the floor, Josh. Yeah. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's the thing, man. After in, what was it, the third one? I think it's the third one that some of the guys that work with Tony Jaw were in it. Some of the raid guys were in in John Wick. I think it's two. No, it's the third one. It's the third one with uh, Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So with them in it, I thought it was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time before Donnie Yen or Tony, Tony Jaw ended up in a, in a yeah, oh yeah yeah in, in a uh, John Wick franchise. What I about a Michael Jai White? Don't tempt me with a good time or Scott Adkins. Oh, anyway, um, dude. Okay, what if it's the High Council and some of their assassins versus Wick, Yen, Atkins, and Jaw? Just just those guys, just four or five guys against a room Kill Bill style of the council. The high council. I can't. That that's, better be the finale. That's the like, finale that of the entire the series. Like that, you know, dude. Like that's not. That's not a middle of the show. That's not a middle of the movie fight. Like, because here's the thing. The thing that I try, and this is why I think I'm more excited about this than I was about hearing Tony and Donnie being in Triple X3. Being that I still enjoyed the crap out of their presence in Triple X3. Um, but I don't think they were allowed to shine as bright as they could. And, and I think that's going to happen here. Oh, I don't yeah. see any reason why they wouldn't be able to shine. Like, I'm just imagining Tony being as small as he is in comparison to John, and like John Wick wouldn't write him off, but just like giving that air of like he's small, and we just saw literally last movie, just saw John have make have his way with two other guys that size. There's you know he's got nothing, and like he actually gives John some issues. So I mean I don't know. It could be really cool. There's like I'm, but Tony Tony's not in this movie. It's Donnie. Yeah. Donnie's gonna be. It's good. I just dude. Donnie's so cool. Like, I, I will, I will forever preach the gospel of, of Donnie Yen. Like, the guy not only is a great actor and a great film um, 
great fight choreographer. They can actually fight. Like, they literally, he got discovered because he was bar fighting and, like, just whipping people all the time. And, like, it happens in, in Hong Kong all the time now, too. Like, people will, like, stop him and try to fight him. And he's like, guys, you don't want to do this. And we'll actually whip people. It's great. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> so what I need to happen is in the next John Wick, now that he's beat, gotten the crap beat out of him and he's back with Morpheus, spoiler alert for John Wick 3, obviously, um, Morpheus will look at him. I forget his name. I'm just going to keep calling him Morpheus. He just looks at John and goes, you know, the whole world and the high council are against us. You got any friends left? I got a couple. And you get Donnie Yen. And like whenever the final John Wick fight is, it's just John Wick and the high council. He's surrounded by the ninjas. And it goes, and it's just something cheesy. I don't care. This is fan service. You just be like, too bad you're all alone, Mr. Wick. You've killed anyone that stood by your side. Not quite. You bring in Atkins, Yen, Chan and everybody else and Jason just, Statham Avengers Assemble style <laughs> close up close up of John Wick whoa and then they just <laughs> charging a battle <laughs> oh yeah no like I just I think the thing that John Wick has done really well is actually put a lot of these guys that I love to watch that aren't usually on the main stage actually put them on in a mainstream film that's very popular and that, see, that to me that's that's a big thing true now lastly for this week what in the world yeah um so this is just bizarre buckle up everybody as everyone's favorite hillbilly weirdo rob zombie is tackling a monsters reboot which supposedly i think this is going straight to peacock because i think it got acquired by like the peacock division it hasn't been clearly stated but it sounds a lot like it's going to peacock oh boy supposedly also rob zombie has wanted to do this for a very long time like he's grown up being a monsters fan oh boy um i 80 to 90 percent hate this with every fiber in my being i know josh is probably expecting me to just russell crow robin hood rage on this and i did when it was first announced and most of the time i still hate this because i think this is a mismatch made in heaven in the worst possible way but there's a little thing that gives me a little bit of hope from an unlikely source. A movie called The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Why do I bring that up? Because that was directed by torture porn director Eli Roth. If Eli Roth can get out of his hostile and cabin fever ways to deliver a family-friendly introduction to the world of horror and Halloween-themed movies... It's not totally unheard of for Rob Zombie to do the same. It depends on what Universal is asking of him. Did they sign off on this saying, yes, you have carte blanche on this, you can do whatever? Or is it a Rob Zombie's take on a family version of the monsters that can be PG, but still kind of like a mon monster house of family version? Is Rob Zombie going to get out of his comfort zone here? Or is he going to live where he knows? 
I highly doubt he will. But if the House of the Clock and its Walls had not come out, I'd be completely hating on this. That's fair. I think directors can leave their sphere of influence. Martin Scorsese did Hugo, and it's probably still my favorite movie he's ever done, even more so than The Departed or Shutter Island or whatever else. Like, he, he got out of his bubble. I think it comes down to, is Rob Zombie willing to get out of his personal bubble, or is this just going to be, I've had this monster's fan fiction in the back for a while, and I finally get to do it. Yeah, I, but see, like, as someone who has watched the monsters as oh, well same. since I was a kid, I don't, I think, like, you, the monsters isn't one of those show, shows that you admit that you, you've watched your whole life, unless oh, you absolutely... I would you definitely let me admit finish. It. Let me finish. Let me finish. Unless you have like an absolute love to the point of I like this more than Adam's family kind of love. You know what I mean? No, I, I will. Yes, I will stand. No. I will stand on my soapbox and say I always watch the monsters over the Adams family. I was That's more what of I'm a, saying. I was more of a monsters person than Adams family. I watched them both because TV Land. What's up? TV Land was like my most watched channel as a kid. Andy Griffith. I love Lucy. Um green acres i i love both but i lean more towards the monsters um yeah but so. that's what i'm saying it's that's not somebody doesn't admit in public that they're a big uh, they're a monsters fan unless they legitimately absolutely have a huge love for the monsters and to me maybe this is me looking for a silver lining but for rob zombie to 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 say that that he's you know been a big fan since he was a kid to me, that means he's. They're gonna, at the very least, do a PG thirteen. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more PG. But I, I think the other question is: Is this gonna be animated or is this gonna be live action? So I mean, who knows? There could be a lot of firsts for for Rob. I, I kind of hope it's not animated because we saw what happened with that uh, Adams Family movie. I never saw that one, but it just. It didn't feel right. It could have been the animation style, but overall, that and Adam's family just didn't do it for me. Um, I do worry already just because I've seen enough Rob Zombie movies to go, okay, so what character is his wife going to be playing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, is uh, this just going to be the cat? <laughs> like, that's already, okay, I'm already kind of guessing. Like, is she going to be the mom here? Is she going to be whoever else? It's also just like he works with the same actors over and over again. Is Bill Mosley gonna be Herman? Is he gonna be the uncle? Um, if he was still alive, rest in peace, Sid Haig. But if Sid Haig was still alive, he'd be playing the uncle. Um, Scout Taylor Compton from the original Halloween might be playing the older sister. I I don't like the sound of a lot of this. Um, but... I think the, the the good takeaway from this though is Rob is not af- afraid to cast who he thinks would be best. He's not afraid to, to do older actors. He's not afraid to do lesser known actors. So I, to me, I'm gonna put that up in the in the, in the pros category. That's fair. Yeah, because he's if anything he he knows what he's looking for and will cast the people for those roles that he sees and no 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 uh, production company is going to tell him any any different. Yeah, I, there's not a single um, Rob Zombie movie I like. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, the, the closest that I will get is I can watch his first Halloween movie. It's not great, and I want to. 
tear my ears off when I hear the, I'm not listening, ah! when Michael is messing with the bird in the kitchen, in the bathroom sink, it's just, mm. but I don't like his movies, I don't like his style, so I'm I'm putting this down as a negative, however, not 100% of a negative, if some directors have gone in completely new directions and reinvented themselves, I would be willing to give Rob Zombie a chance here, especially because it is something he cares so, so deeply about. If this was some other franchise, like if Universal came to him and said, hey, we think you'd be great for Monsters, then I'd be much more cautious. But the fact that he's been fighting and dogging this for over a year now to get mm-hmm. this project means, okay, yeah, he probably cares deeply about this. Yeah, no, I agree. And and see, like that's the thing, too, that I could name on maybe one or two hands, one or two fingers, how what some Rob Zombie films I like. Everyone loves uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Double I Rejects. don't. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, I I watch what is it, sixty one, sixty one, like thirty one, whatever, like once a year, just because I I do like it. It's cool, but it's not something I can watch all the time. And I think that's the thing about his films is they're not they're it's not that they're not rewatchable. It's that they're not pleasant. <sighs> It's it's an experience, and that's a, if anything you can credit um, Rob for for that. Like his movies are an experience. Yes. Well, uh, before we get into our main discussion, as always, our main ep- uh, this episode is sponsored by the Uncharted Media Shop on T Public. So if you like Uncharted Media, with you like watching us on the YouTube channel, listening to us in podcast form, and you want to rep the show somehow, uh, go to the Uncharted Media merch section of Tee Public. The link is in the description. We've got shirts, hoodies, baseball tees, mugs, stickers, whatever you want to slap our logo on and support the show. Uh, and again, if these start doing well, we'll introduce other designs like the tinfoil hat and... Um, Maybe we need like a little jar, an Iron Giant jar, or a How to Train Your Dragon jar of just <laughs> ongoing joke jar. Or this episode is sponsored by We Have No Idea. Uh, just make stuff up. But Bang energy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but it's always impressive if a movie can have back-to-back good incarnations. But if you do it even more times than that, that's even more impressive. So what we're talking about today is movie franchises that have at least three good movies. Because there's a couple, like A Quiet Place, that there's two good movies, but then nothing from then. We want to at least have three movies here. That was our only characteristics. However, I also kind of want to nail some stuff down with Josh because there's a couple that teeter on my list... And it all depends on our definition here. Because I'm going to throw two names out here, Josh. And I want you to tell me if you would include them on this list or not. Because of the franchise tag, specifically. Because I've heard arguments for and against these. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. What Would you? Yeah. Absolutely. Because Lord of the Rings is Fellowship. Two Towers, Return of the King. The Hobbit movies is, is their own trilogy. Because they don't call it Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. You know what I mean? So, Lord of the Rings is, I mean, it's on it's on my list. As okay, cool. Of, I didn't know so, because 
I was thinking both Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, but both of them have really crappy sequels that really, really bring down the rest of the franchise. But if we're addressing Fantastic Beasts and The Hobbit as their own separate franchises, Mm -hmm. cool. Then that makes me feel a lot better and I can sleep better at night now. So, yes, I'll start us off with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. I think it's more impressive, and I'm... (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be some people mad at me about this. I think it's more impressive that Harry Potter has good movies than it is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, was a massive undertaking. But that's a trilogy. Harry Potter has eight good movies. Mm -hmm. At worst, they're fine with the seventh movie when they're just roaming around the woods. Just being fine. But if fine is the worst movie in your franchise, you've done something right. The fact that they've done eight movies and some of them order of the phoenix are actually better than their books not all of them just order of the phoenix but the fact that you had eight movies and all of them were quality yeah with absolutely. four separate directors that like that should not happen you should at least have a quality drop off somewhere whether it was when you lost christopher columbus or alfonso Cuarón or david yates uh no it was three directors just those three um but somewhere along the lines, you're supposed to lose momentum, not gain momentum. Mm-hmm. The, the, the super interesting thing about the Harry Potter series is that outside of all the director changes, outside of how many movies there are, they do a really, really good job of ch- shifting the tone to something more darker and mature. Gradually, longer, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the longer the series goes. Um, because obviously you can't have as the one the wonderful childhood child magic, you know, at the in Sorcerer's Stone in the last one where Harry finally faces down he who shall not be named. Um, and I think the testament to the series to me is that the first Harry Potter movie I saw was Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> so. If I can watch that one and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to watch the rest of these. And then found out that I love Goblet of Fire. Dude. Oh, it's dude. either the last one or Goblet of Fire is my favorite. I love dude. Goblet of Fire. It's and also my favorite you, book, too, though. So. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that it has dragons. Uh, what about Robert Pattinson? <laughs> mm, I mean, he's in it, I guess. Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I I like Goblet of Fire. I think it's primarily because that's my favorite book. But movie wise, it was that was I remember when that was coming out. That was around the time that everyone started to talk about. There's rumors that we might split this into two movies so we can cover all the ground. That those rumors started all the way back in Goblet of Fire. So when it eventually did happen in seven, it was like makes sense. Um, yeah, I Harry Potter. It's just amazing that they could go eight movies, and the worst they ever got was okay i i don't feel like my time was wasted lord of the rings though i feel like is just as big of an accomplishment even if it's just three just because of the scale of it for so long these were the unfilmable movies and for a while i'd I'd say that they were just because of the technology at the time Mm -hmm. 20 years later they still look amazing like and they still hold up from a narrative perspective a character perspective um like Lord of the Rings is nothing short of spectacular. So I'm glad we're just like completely ignoring the Hobbit because boy, that ruins a lot of things. Um, yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. There's a and see, like I've met people that really do like the Hobbit movies. I'm like, you know what? Cool. You're allowed. You're you're allowed that. To me, <laughs> I got all all the way to the third one, and they were like, when Legolas is Mario hopping off, off of all these follow falling bricks, and I was like, you know what? This isn't this isn't cool anymore. This is weird. However, um, there is one part in Hobbit that I'll always defend as. That was brilliant. It is how the second one ended. Dude! When it just goes, I am death. What have we done? Cut to black. Cue Ed Sheeran's song, which is a really good song. I like Icy Fire. (laughs) But you're just sitting there going, that's where they ended it? You can't do that to me. Yeah. All those people that are complaining about a trilogy were just like, well, dang it. Now I have to see the third one. Yes, and that was the thing too. Is uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've read the Hobbit, so like, when I know what's about to happen, but then they cut it right there, and I was like, "You, you're mean." I don't like that. That was yeah, like you said. Now I have to see the third one, but I think the triumph of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is not that necessarily. I mean, the scale is incredible, costumes, CGI, everything still works literally the whole cast is basically method acting um the triumph to me is that i can watch one of them and be completely okay never feel lost and just be right there in that zone like okay cool what's happening yeah okay cool cool we're here let's go okay let's okay like we're it never ever you're never confused as to where you are in the story no but see, I have the exact opposite problem of I can't just watch one. It's I mean, like, yes. I watched the first 10 <laughs> minutes of Fellowship. It's just like, well, guess I'm watching eight more hours of this franchise. <laughs> happily. Twelve. Don't get me wrong. Happily. But Twelve. it's like I can't just I can't just stop at Fellowship. I need to go on because Return of the King is still one of my favorite movies of all time and still will get me amped just going, this, this is brotherhood, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else you got, man? Let's, uh, should I get the obligatory Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon out of the way? (laughs) Yeah, let's get them out of the way now. (laughs) Because I think when you, you were like, hey, we should talk about this. This would be the topic for this month. I was like, for this week, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we're just going to talk about Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon all day. Sounds good. And there's more (laughs) than just those. There is, there is, and I think, to, and I, I heard this um, about Kung Fu Panda, it's easily the most underrated of DreamWorks. Easily. Um, it's my like, favorite, honestly. Yes. I mean, Even more so than How to Train Your Dragon, but I think well, what we are well, interested in factors into what we l- prefer. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe, I mean I, to, to your credit, Hidden World is, if we're looking at the third movie to cap off the series... Hidden World is not as strong as Kung Fu Panda's three. Yeah, the Kung Fu Panda, which is weird that we're having discussion about how like how good these movies are that are children's films, but I have cried like a baby in both of them, and it's not okay. <laughs> uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I felt it in my soul in Kung Fu Panda two when Poe learns of his true heritage and he gets his chi back with the raindrops and the music yes. like swells and you're just like yes you get him fat jack black you get him <laughs> you 
do it, man. Because Poe is just such a likable protagonist. He's so good. But then on flip side, Hiccup is such a good protagonist too. And I think it all mm-hmm. comes down to, I think a central theme in all the movies we're going to talk about today is nail your protagonist's characteristics and get us to like them and half the work is done for you. Because yeah. all the movies I'm talking about today, if the main character sucks, these movies don't work. Yeah. 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 Now I've got a couple on here that um, I'll just bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Um, let's talk about Andy Circus's Planet of the Apes. Yes! Because <laughs> Yes! That's on mine too. you would have told me Yes. In high school, excuse me, when I first saw the, what was it, early 2000s um, Planet of the Apes that's absolutely awful. Yeah, the Mark Wahlberg. That should be a five good things at some point. It should. Hmm. Um, Which, again, if you have not watched our return episode of Five Good Things with Pacific Rim Uprising, (sighs) there's no worse bad movies than forgettable bad movies. I would take a Catwoman over a Pacific Rim Uprising any day because that's at least a memorable bad. But, yes, Mark Wahlberg, bad eight movie. Go. Go. So... If you would have told me that one of my favorite trilogies ever was going to be Planet of the Apes, just, you know, obviously redone, but, um, jeez, dude. Like, there was, there's very few trilogies that at the end of every film, I was like, yeah, all right, cool. That's, you can, there could not be another one, and I'm okay with it. And then they announced the next one, and I'm like, oh, let's go i forgot like let's go let's let's keep doing this absolutely absolutely and the end of that movie happens and you go all right cool i really like how that all came together i appreciate that thank you so much for that i don't need that any more of this and then they announce the next one you're like you know what i was wrong i did i needed this like today i need this right now like please and then they cap it off in such a beautiful way without really taking away from the OG OG planet of the mm-hmm. apes like that's still canon and to me that's so incredibly like smart to tell your story in an area that hasn't been explored yet so you get to have a little bit more freedom with your storytelling yes uh i didn't see him for a while just because at least to me i didn't grow up watching the planet of the apes movies the premise may sound sacrilegious the premise did not interest me. I was like, cool. No, I don't blame Super, you. super smart ape people taking over the world. Uh, but I remember I had a job that I had a lot of downtime. So I would just watch movies on my laptop for a while in between the important stuff. And so I was just like, you know what? I'll finally get around to watching these apes movies. Because Matt Reeves had just been announced to be directing a Batman movie. So I was just like, you know what? He's known for these apes movies. Let's watch them. So I'm watching the first one. And I'm kind of getting invested in this Caesar character with Andy Serkis. I I had always heard for years of his performance capture was excellent and the performance was great. So I'm watching, I'm like, ah, I kind of like this. I still remember vividly when Draco Malfoy, because I'm just going to call him Draco Malfoy. When Draco Malfoy is about to hit him again with the taser, he grabs his taser. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. You're like, yeah, there's the line. No! And you're just like, oh, no, you don't goof, Aaron. Run! Oh. And from that point on, it's like pedal to the metal with the franchise. I've just like, 
I am locked in. I pull the lap bar down. I'm ready for this roller coaster. I know that that takes place much later in the first one, but that was like a pivot point of like, I was kind of checking my phone kind of like in and out of the movie. When he did that noise, I like just dropped everything. I was like, I'm in. I wasn't yep. expecting you to talk. And when you did, yep. you speak with authority and I bow to the throne that is Andy Circus now. Oh my God, I'm terrified. Dude, because this is a series where Andy really was like, yo, I know everybody knows me as the Gollum guy, but we're about to like literally change the world with motion capture effects. Like, dude. It, it, it is not only incredible storytelling, but a pivotal moment in cinematic history where literally everything changed. And all of them feel a little different. Like, there's this escalation every single time. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I also appreciate that they didn't have to kill off James Franco in order to, like, draw emotion. I figured, oh, he's only in the first one. That means he's going to die in the first one. No, they space it out in a way that it's just, like, a logical progression of, yes, he's moved on to this different stage. That's why there's this new cast. And the tension is building between the humans and the apes. It's just, it's so compelling. It's so well done. The third one isn't the strongest, but all of them are, at very least, great movies. And some of them are truly excellent. Like, I feel bad for that I doubted for so long how quality these movies are. And that's a big reason why both you and I are so excited for the Batman is because it's Matt Reeves. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like there, uh, that's the thing too, is like having the guy that did easily one of the most emotionally impactive movies. Well, he did two and three. Let's not overlook the guy that did the first one. I'll always give credit to him. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um <laughs> you're no but like it's just it makes me even more excited because i think the big thing nowadays is unless you're paying attention to directors you don't really know who's doing what works who's being super impactful it's not like they're and to a lot of directors um credit it's not like there's two or three really big name directors in the game anymore you know, it used to be, you know, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, like, Michael but now Bay. there's, yeah, Michael Bay, you know, whatever. Well, um, people still knew the name, though. That is true. But it's, like, and, you know, there are still names, household name directors that people know. Yeah. But at this, like, I don't think people, some people realize how much good directing talent there is out there right now. Um, you want to talk about a series that surprised the crap out of me and nobody ever thought would work? Which one? Let's talk about one that's based on a ride. So Pirates of the Caribbean 1, I 2, was and 3 wondering. is fantastic. I was wondering. <laughs> I won't, but I also won't judge you for having it. Yes. I. So the, 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 the caveat of this discussion is a series with no bad movies. Even the worst Pirates of the Caribbean movie is still pretty enjoyable. <laughs> Which I'm curious, what would you put as the worst? Uh, probably four. Ooh, really? I actually like four a lot. I would probably maybe, put three. Maybe three. Three is way too but long. What was it? Um, five. Is it five? I have not seen one... five. Five is the only one I have not seen. That's I kind of got burnt out, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Dude, five will surprise you. 
it has got a weird amount of heart that I was not expecting, especially from Jack Sparrow. But anyway, regardless of say, even three, if you think three is not good, it's still like there's still some really cool stuff happening. You're here for for the characters. Um, and to me, like Davy Jones was a villain that I never thought I'd be able to sit sit there and go, yeah, no, I'm legitimately terrified of Davy Jones because like, and even when they when they he ends up being just a heartbroken sailor, um, it's still like his anger is so terrifying and that that CGI still holds up. Like, get oh, out of yeah. here. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't mind them. I don't bag on them nearly to the extent of other people. Like, for some reason, the critics really only seem to like the first one. I can at least have fun with the first four. I never saw yeah. the fifth one to know. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I should watch that. Um, it's fun. But I actually don't mind the fourth one with the mermaids. I know a lot of people bagged on the fourth one because they're just like, they're just trying to copy Orlando Bloom and Kieran Knightley's characters. They're completely different characters. Brenton Thwaites isn't trying to be Orlando Bloom here. And maybe I'm sympathetic because I like me some Brenton Thwaites and not just because he's Nightwing, but also Oculus. All hail the Oculus. We haven't talked about that in a while on the podcast here. I don't mind Pirates. I, I don't have it on my list, but also I'm not surprised that it would be on somebody's list somewhere. I was talking to some friends um, about this to kind of get their thoughts and one of them suggested Pirates. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Here's one that... I feel pretty confident that it's not going to be on your list. And in all my research, no one put this on their list either, which makes me a little Ooh. sad, considering it does one of the really impossible tasks of being a comedy franchise that the third installment came almost 20, 25 plus years after the last outing, even though it came out recently, in the Bill and Ted trilogy. Mm, I don't think we give the Bill and Ted trilogy enough credit. I know some people don't like the middle one. I really, really like Bogus Journey a lot because it does not try to copy the original of let's go back in time and get some historical figures. They go to the future. They go to hell. They go to all these weird places. And it's so trippy and bizarre of uh, they meet Station, who is great. Should have come back for the third one. Um, But even the third one, Comedy sequels that take place years after the original tend to suck. Anchorman 2 wasn't awful, but not nearly as good. It tarnishes the legacy. So I was worried when Bill and Ted 3 was stuck in production hell for years. And I finally see Bill and Ted facing music. And it's a completely worthy successor of these. These are the characters you know and love, but they're adults now. And they still have not written the song to save the universe. So they're washouts. It's a nice natural progression of the character. And having the same creative team for all three, they're different directors, but the characters of Bill and Ted were creations of a um, comedian group. And so they have been very possessive of the characters and having their centralized voices on all three movies helps it be unified. And also there's such, I don't want to say innocent, but wholesome movies mm. of they're just Bill and Ted are just lovable idiots that are so dumb they're smart like (laughs) i don't know how but bill and ted to me still has the best time travel physics ever of like hey man we're stuck in this jail cell but what if we go into the future and then steal the keys from my dad and drop them back here in the past where would we put them 
right there. Oh, look, the keys. We just got to remember that later when we get the time machine, we got to go back here and drop them off for our future selves now. I'm going, that's stupid. But, but it actually just... makes a lot of sense. Like, the time travel logic makes sense. The supporting characters with, like, death in the second and third one are great. I don't think we give enough love to the Bill and Ted franchise, considering all three of them are really, really good. And one of them came out years later, but lost none of its mojo in the process. Okay. It's been a really, really long time since I've seen the first one, and I have not seen two and three. So, all the entire maybe trilogy, that's a, the entire yes. trilogy is in the voodoo in 4K. <laughs> hmm, that's a weird drop you got right there, buddy. Mm. Um, okay, it's oh, so super convenient. Um, I actually might watch Bill and Ted three this weekend because uh, I've got travel plans. <laughs> nice, good for you. I mean, you know, you could watch Conjuring, but anyway, um, uh, I, actually, I might have some plans for that one. So, so oh. that's why that's, I also don't want to watch it on a plane because that's, you know what? That's fair. Bill and Ted is more and, of a plane movie than Conjuring is. Yes. And I did, of the things I watched this last week, the the new Conjuring movie, just a little side note here, the new Conjuring movie is one, one that I watched and. I actually kind of enjoyed it, and I don't know if it's because I haven't seen a scary movie in a long time, or I think that I, might factor actually, into it. Yeah, or if it's actually decent. But they try to do some 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 different things with this one, and to me, I think it works. But you know, you and I can talk about it when you see it. But, yeah. Um. Uh, let's talk about movies that let's talk about a series that not everybody likes every single entry, but they're all decent. I bring to you. Don't I'm say the gonna, Conjuring. I'm going to ignore the uh, the la- the most recent two. Although the fifth fifth one isn't too bad. The OG Born trilogy. Because I thought you were going to say It Man. Um, I actually, I personally haven't seen three and four, so I I don't know. I thought I thought It Man might be enough up your alley, but I'm I'm glad you bring up Born because that was one of the first names I asked this to my parents, and I was actually the first thing that they said was Born, except they also, just like you, said, well, except for that Jeremy Renner one. I'm <laughs> going poor Jeremy yeah. Renner can't catch a break. Uh, also, I feel bad. Like I haven't seen that seen it in so long. I I'm actually tempted to go back and rewatch. Because maybe it was just one of those scenarios where it was like, I, I, I'm here for Jason Bourne. Who's this Jeremy Renner guy? I don't want him. Give me, give me Matt Damon. Isn't Oscar Isaac also in that movie? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that movie. Other than Jeremy Renner's character is literally just like, drugs, drugs, give me the drugs. I need drugs. Give me the drugs. Because Requiem they, they, for a Bourne? Because that their thing is that they 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 uh, the super soldiers were all done on drugs and not on psychological training. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't try- think I like that retcon. Yeah, they that and that was the other thing is they tried to. Well, sorry, later versions of the soldiers were done with drugs as opposed to psychological training because it's they still all a could, dumb retcon by the sounds of it. But but because because of all the the issues with the uh, brain stuff. Anyway, um, it. I, I almost want to go back and rewatch, but the fifth one, just t- titled "Born," is actually pretty good. It's it's not like amazing, but it it's one of those like, yeah, that was a born movie. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. That's a, that's a born movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It wasn't exactly like to the tier of the uh, the original three, but it's a, it, it's it happened. But the original three are a masterclass 
in how not to film action scenes. I was going to say early 2000s action, <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's also like, you see, the thing is, it's like the camera was a duct tape to a shake weight. Yeah, probably. Um, the weird thing is, despite those, uh, those action scenes, I don't know about you, how you feel about the boring series, but for me, I love the trilogy. I was, I, I was like, I can hardly follow what's happening, but I'm here for it. All right. It was just enough to know, like, okay, who's winning? He's winning. Okay, cool. <laughs> Plus, Carl Urban was in at least one of those, and that's always a win. I think he's in like, the first or the second one. I, it's, think, he's I, a, don't... I think he's the second one, because I think the first one was Clive yes. Owen. They all kind of blend together. They do. And it's, it's the movie that started the trope of, uh, he's in the building the whole time. How did that happen? Like, well, it's, but it's, it does it so well that you're like, ooh, got him. When a stranger calls type of. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So you bring up an action franchise from the early 2000s. I bring up an action franchise from today. John Wick, which is like mm. the antithesis of Jason Bourne. Of Jason Bourne's got shaky camera. John Wick's just like, wait, you can take the camera off the tripod? Because <laughs> John <laughs> Wick is like the most still static camera <laughs> movements. And I love it because it's clear, concise action. You're going, oh, that's not a stunt double. That's Keanu that just got punched in the face. But also has clearly thoroughly trained in firearms because every john wick movie doesn't matter how many they make you'll always see those videos circulating online of look at keanu with the gun range and look how proficient he is and that always kind of scares me how good he is like we always give credit to tom cruise did this for his movie i'm not gonna acknowledge that keanu reeves basically for a movie became as dangerous as a licensed killer slash assassin for these movies because i'm terrified of keanu now i see and i'm on the other hand of that i'm terrified of halle berry because she did the exact same thing except plus all the dog training as well so now i'm like bro i don't i don't that's what i hope for donnie yen in this new one oh stop for him to be like halle berry i don't need oh no i don't need to be that terrified of donnie yen Donnie Yen has guard dogs. Just like imagine Donnie Yen doing his Wing Chun stuff with a gun in one hand and a knife in the other. Like, come on. If if Donnie Yen does gun, uh, does uh, gun fu. Stop. Stop. Don't ever bring up gun fu. Like equilibrium is a great movie. I was gonna say if Donnie Yen does some equilibrium stuff, just stop. No. (laughs) But getting back to John Wick trilogy proper, I appreciate that there's. The lore in John Wick is so good of the Continental and the the rules that are established. And I swear to God, if they do anything to the concierge in these movies, I will kill everyone because the concierge needs to be protected. He's the best character in the entire franchise, yes. even more so than John Wick's dog. I went there. The concierge is perfect. Um, but like the first one started off as this just like revenge flick of you killed my the cutest dog in the world after my wife died. And then the second one is an escalation of that. And the third one's a massive escalation of that. And the fourth one is a, I'm sure going to be an even bigger escalation of that to the point you're just looking in the rear view going, how did we get there? How did, <laughs> how did we start there? And now we're all the way here. Like we've escalated over the span of what feels like three weeks. <laughs> basically John Wick, weeks. John Wick has just had a bad three weeks basically. Basically, and see, that's the thing is, I'm kind of looking for them to do 
and the fourth one is and this is the reason I haven't put I didn't put this on this list is because the series isn't done yet. Um, Fair. But the what I'm looking for them to do in the fourth one is actually maybe fast forward like a month. Or something like that, because uh, John needs to recover. I was just gonna say like, we need some recovery time for John. Yeah, yeah, like he's got to get some band aids on those cuts, buddy. Yeah, let's um, see. In the last one, in the last movie alone, lost a finger, fell off the, got shot off a building. Uh, I feel like he got shot like in the rib cage and probably broke some mm-hmm. stuff. He he got banged up in the third yeah. one. <laughs> um, yeah, and like the first three, I really do. It's either over one week or three like it's it, it, it's all like really close to, to each other which is yeah. incredible considering if you when you take into account how much uh traveling they do in the, in the, in the movies yeah that's some dark knight rises travel logic there <laughs> dark knight trilogy stop nope nope you already know this isn't on my list no it's not sir. on my list because i don't want to fight josh this week oh. also Holy burnt arms there, Josh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> Armors it's, and like nobody's it's, business. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> I got three more. How many more you got, Burnt three Boy? Three more, my friend. We might have the same three? I'm not sure. I don't. I think we have at least two of the same three. Let's go with one that I think we might have together. Um, a franchise that you and I didn't care about before it got rebooted. But after it got rebooted, all three of these I thought were just excellent. And that's the J.J. Star Trek movies. Okay, sure. Like You're allowed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> counting it with Star Trek because as diehard Star Trek fans, I'm sure will point out, this is in a different universe because J.J. altered the timeline. Fine, means we don't have to worry about annoying backstory and half the movies being garbage. More than half the movies <laughs> being garbage and nonsensical. Um I know some people had issues with the darkness. That's actually my favorite one. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I love all three of them. Star Trek, to me, the, the 09 one, is still the prime example of this is how you reboot a franchise for a modern age and bring in a more casual audience. Because Star Trek, people are aware of it, but I don't think the Trekkie community is your average person. Like, that sounds weird, but, like, the general population doesn't follow Star Trek still to this day. Like, diehard Trek fans do and will follow everything trek related but like the general population not so much and that's what the new star trek movies were trying to do and i think they did it pretty well minus the fact that they lost money with each passing one but all three of them were really really good even when jj handed over the directorial reins to oh i think it was justin lynn for star trek beyond so jj could go off and do star wars um I liked all three of them, even though Star Trek Beyond felt different than the two JJ ones. I still had a lot of fun with that. And I remember jokingly saying that because Star Trek Beyond came out the same year as Rogue One, at least one space movie has a crawl in it because the villain in Star Trek was crawl. But um, all three of them were great and had so much fun with all three of them that they really shouldn't have worked as well as they did. But they're great and I still watch them to this day. If you would have told me that if when I saw the final movie of the trilogy, Star Trek trilogy, that my favorite thing was when they played Beastie Boys, I would have laughed at you. It's a nice but callback. I, bro, 
I can't hear Sabotage by the Beastie Boys without thinking about that scene. And oh, yeah. it makes me smile every single time. And it shouldn't, but here we are. <laughs> if you ever do come down to visit and we go to Universal, there's a ride there that you can pick the music that you listen to on the ride. And nine times out of ten, I'll listen to Beastie Boys Sabotage just because it fits too well. I'm just like, this song works for every occasion. Thank you, Star Trek. <laughs> um, but also, can we talk about for a quick second before we move on? Minus Zachary Quinto, how perfectly cast those movies were. Carl yeah. Urban crushes it as Bones. I love his Bones so, so much. And I love that Chris Pine doesn't try to be Shatner. He He's Kirk. No. No. <laughs> I appreciate that he's just Kirk. He doesn't try to be Shatner. He actually tries to act. Um, but you also have Zoe Saldana being a great... I almost yeah. said Gamora. Uh, Uhura. <laughs> too many, too many like really close-sounding names together. Yeah. Or yeah. Simon Pegg being Scotty I mean, it's, is really it's casting. It's Simon Pegg. It's like, it's just, also, I'm, I'm going to call you out on this. So you really like Carl Urban's Bones, huh? Okay. That's all um, he's got left is his bones. <laughs> uh, no, like so well cast. I dread his um, bones. What is... Oh, jeez. The Russian kid. Oh, Chekhov. Um, yes. Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yelchin, you are fantastic. I, I am actually low-key. Whenever I think of Yelchin, I'm low-key upset that he's gone. Because mm-hmm. I just... He was starting to get... Like, we knew him... But he was starting to get real hot as an actor. And yeah, you just... loved him in, what was it, Fright Night? The Fright Night remake? Yeah, I loved him in Fright Night. And I, I still think he was absolutely perfect in Terminator Salvation. The movie's not great, but I still enjoy he's it. Great. And his Kyle Reese is great. He's uh, easily, he was going to be such a great actor. I mean, he already was an incredible actor. So I just, oh, man, it sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You bring up another actor in the, in the Star Trek films, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us to a. Uh, oh to God, you're gonna another. say Princess Diaries? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> There's only two of those, so it can't be on here. And they're both fantastic. Anyway, um, don't don't you make that face? I mean, they're both good. Leave me alone. Okay? The first so anyway, one, the second one has no, not anyway, aged as well as you remember. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so you brought up Simon Pegg. So oh, I think are you putting the Cornetto time. trilogy? It is about time. No, the Cornetto trilogy is not a franchise. Dang it! <laughs> I will fight you on this. I almost put it on here, but it does. It should not count. They're three it, completely it, separate movies. Just because yeah, the actors are the a, same and the directors <laughs> the same doesn't mean they're connected. John Carpenter did Halloween, The Fog, and Christine. Doesn't mean they take place in the same universe. <laughs> it's uh it's a it's an anthology series no yeah. <laughs> no not even sort of just because oh, they okay. choose to sell them in a box set doesn't mean they're connected <sighs> fine whatever although i will give you credit i don't i still hate scott pilgrim but to me edgar wright not that i am aware of at least has made a bad movie yet like Edgar Wright, almost all yeah. of them, I think, are enjoyable. I like Baby Driver a lot. Um, I think I like Shaun of the Dead more than Hot Fuzz. I, mm-hmm. I need to go back and rewatch Hot Fuzz. I have not seen The World's End yet. I've heard that one's just kind of okay compared to the rest, but 
I don't think Edgar Wright really misses. But no. yeah, yeah, Cornetto trilogy is not a, it's not a trilogy. Okay, they just sell it be- in a box set to sell more copies. <laughs> and to to your to uh, Scott Pilgrim's credit, I don't think the issue with that film is Edgar Wright's. Um, no, it's the source style. material of yeah. of Scott being a dick. Yes, absolutely. Fine. You know what? Fine. I will. I will ixnay the uh, three flavors of Cornetto, and I will give you. Toy Story. Fine. I knew we were getting there eventually. If yeah, you didn't say like, it, I, I was. <laughs> well, I'll do Toy Story then. Is that man. your last one? No, I have one more. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, we might no, have the we'll same do. last one then. No, we don't. Um, you say your bit about Toy Story because I will rant on this for a while. Why? So I think the big question here, I think you and I have answered it on the pod before, is the fourth necessary yes even after they tie it up in a nice little bow in three here's why (laughs) here's why i say it because the original toy story trilogy is about woody and buzz four no uh toy story three gives the original toys the closure with andy toy story four gives woody the closure to move on in the next stage of life from the rest of the toys if Woody is the main character for the original Toy Story, he needs to be able to move on. It's That's kind of, fair. Toy Story 3 is a perfect trilogy, but Toy Story 4, I always interpreted as an epilogue, so to speak. It's like in Harry Potter, the 11 years later type thing. It's the Captain America finally ending up with Peggy situation of Woody can finally retire from his quote-unquote job that he's had of being loyal to Andy or to Bonnie, who is the worst toy owner ever. Let's just get rid of this toy that I was told to love and cherish. Let's just get rid of it after two months. Um, I do still think Toy Story 4 is, I wouldn't say necessary, but it is helpful in properly sending off the character of Woody. Toy Story 3 closed the door on Andy. Toy Story 4 closed the door on Woody, so to speak. Uh, that being said, it's still to me the weakest of the four, but a 97 out of 100, I think is what it's on in Rotten Tomatoes. A 97 is still, if that's your weakest, you're doing something right. Um, if you had to, cause I'm making you, how would you rank the four Toy Story movies from best, from worst to best? Quote unquote three, worst. Three, one, two, four. That that's best to worst, I think. Oh, did you say worst to best? So, so you're saying three I, is the best. Three, yes. okay. Um, I'm close. I would just swap one and three. I'd go that's one, fair. three, two, four, just because of I, how personal. And I've said it time and time again how personal the first Toy Story is to me. Uh, but the third one is, I'll admit, the third one probably is a better movie. But the first one is so close to my chest that I can't really detach it from my way of thinking on it. Uh, but even if the fourth one is your quote-unquote worst movie in the franchise, it's still leaps and bounds better than most other Pixar movies. And Pixar used to not make trash. Um, they've gotten okay. away from that. Cars 2 and 3. Um, Toy Story, it's just amazing Cars to me. 1? What are you talking about? Hold on. Yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm with on. you on that. I know chill, this. Chill, chill, chill. That this is, uh, car, the, the problem with Cars is that it exists. opens up. 
I, it opens up a lot of weird questions for adults. Yeah. That's what it, it's just a lot of weird, especially uh, when you see, introduce children. I won't completely put the first one on there because I know some people that do enjoy the first cars. I am not one of them. That's it's fair. too merchandisey for me as I am a Toy Story fan, and they, in no way, shape, or form, merchandise the crap out of Toy Story or turn that Never. into a whole area in the Disney parks. Um, but it's amazing to me that they're really, even when you have Toy Story 4, which some people accuse of being unnecessary because three wrapped it up so much so well even when you have a four there is no real quality drop off Mm -hmm. like there's no big quality difference for me at least between one and four i'll rank them a certain way but it's not like this one's all the way up here and this one's all the way down here like like the money ball analogy of there are rich teams then there's poor teams then there's 50 feet of crap and then there's us. There is not that divide. There's like a little divide, obviously, but it's not a huge gap. All four of them are excellent. And here's the thing, too, is I think in the way that one showed that all what you could do with um, computer-generated animation, the four, you know, what, 20 years later, shows what's possible with computer-generated animation. Because there's... There's times in 4 where I could swear I'm watching a, a live-action movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Looks holy so good. cow. Anything There's with, tra- uh, anything with um, Bo Peep, like the ceramic yes. on her. Oh. Well, like, there's certain The time, rain. Like, there's, there's scenes, the scene where, because, like, me knowing, like, I, I understand the process of, like, animation and why they do certain things, blah, blah, blah. But, like... Little things like Bo Peep and Woody climbing up the pole to the top of the carousel, but the carousel is also moving around them, and so they have to factor all the shadows in of the carousel itself and the shadows of them climbing up the pole. It's just like there's the the animation is so complex and so well done that it is hard to ignore it as even like just an a, a okay movie. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. And all of them are just fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, I'll cut it off there, or else I will talk about Toy Story all day. Yeah, oh, dude, I could. Yeah, same. Um, what is your final franchise or set of movies? Honestly, I feel like you you don't you don't. It's not what you think it is, but when I say it, you won't be surprised. Are you gonna say Shrek? No, I'm gonna say Mad Max. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Into the Thunderdome is really weird. It's still enjoyable. Is that the one with Tina Turner? Yes, it is. <laughs> I think that's all anybody remembers about Thunderdome yes, is. Is that absolutely. the one with Tina Turner? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, now, how like, would you rank them before you get into it? Oh, don't do this to me. Um, uh, uh, from best to worst. Yeah. Um, Fury Road. Mad Max 1, Road Warrior, then Into the Thunderdome. Okay, okay. I, dude, like, I think, too, you got to appreciate, like, where this series came from. Like, none of the movies are, quote-unquote, bad. And none of them, maybe Thunderdome is okay, but it's definitely, it's still enjoyable. I mean, it's Mel Gibson in his prime, although he's, you know, he's problematic now but in bit. his prime in his prime he's dude like he's so he's a great actor but like what other franchise can say that their latest entry into the into their series is not only many 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 years later but also got what 
six Os- Oscars. Yeah, wasn't like, it nominated for Best Picture even? Yeah, it was. In, it's in Fury Road is so good. And yeah, I it watch is. It. I watch it at least once every three or four months it's so because good. it's so good. I, I'm thinking about. I actually want one of those the the uh, tattoos that they do. Mm. Um, I kind of I. It's like of the tattoos I want. It's like the lamest, but like it's so cool. Like you can't. Uh, anyway, um, no, yeah, Mad Max is is great. Uh, we were talking about series with no bad movies, and considering the first one was made like with a budget of like twenty bucks, um, <laughs> it's it's holds up. It's cool. It it does gets the job done. Also, Let's go. I'm a I am. I always hone in on visuals in movies, and mm. Mad Max Fury Road, I think, has some of the most jaw-dropping visuals, whether it's that tornado that they just drive straight into, or just the overall mm-hmm. aesthetic of, like, modernizing the Mad Max look of, like, it's still in the middle of nowhere, but the overly saturated oranges and yellows just almost give it, like, this otherworldly vibe. Like, it's still grounded, but not it kind of feels more of like this in this fantasy world of like mm-hmm. hyper reality maybe is that the word i don't know if that's the correct terminology but like it's our world but not and i yeah I love like that. i mean if if a guy playing a flamethrower guitar to lead the, the procession into battle isn't hyper reality i don't know what is i know some people are just like <laughs> why is he there because because it's so cool <laughs> it's mad max there doesn't need to be rules like I mean, in in essence, too though, like the war drums is the thing, and they kind of took mm-hmm. it. You better stop. Like say your last one because I will talk about Fury Road endlessly. So I think Josh and I might disagree on this one. I already know we're going to disagree on this one. I think if this trilogy was not nestled into a larger franchise, I think people would talk about this more in the discussion of best trilogies of all time because I'm not talking about the franchise as a whole, but I'm looking specifically at a small subset and that's the captain America trilogy. Okay. 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 The MCU as a whole, I think for the most part is is pretty good, but there, as we've talked about in the past, there's been some misfires. Captain America don't miss whether it's captain America, the first Avenger, which is probably the weakest. Even that's probably a seven out of 10. That's a pretty competently made origin story. Winter Soldier, which is still to this day, I think, the best MCU movie. Like, holy crap, where did that come from? And the one that Josh and I are going to disagree with, which is Civil War. Narratively speaking, Josh and I have our disagreements. But you cannot disagree that it's a competently made film. Yes. It's not like some other ones that, like, you may disagree with the narrative, but you can follow the narrative, unlike Captain Marvel. Like, you can follow it, you disagree with it, but it's competently made. Captain America, I think, has the strongest outing in the entire MCU. And every time we see him, even if it's in Avengers or with our new Captain America, he, uh, they're all good. But I'm specifically honing in on the Captain America trilogy, which all of them are good. And I think if they, well, you could take those out, rip them right out of the MCU and just make them their own separate trilogy. And they're still excellent movies they probably would be the blueprint for how i would make a really good superman trilogy because they're not too dissimilar of characters um but i think if they get lost in the fold of we love all the mcu but specifically the captain america trilogy those are so good 
and they shouldn't on paper because for so many years people are just like Captain America is just kind of a cheesy character. He's just a walking American flag. I thought that for a while until Winter Soldier, but I'm like, they they do it so well, and there really was no quality drop off, despite what Josh seems to think about Civil War. Okay, I will give you this because I was allowed to get away with Mad Max. Civil War is not a bad movie. Just it's just your dislike. least favorite MCU movie. And that's saying something because Dark World exists. Um, yeah, I'll give it to you, dude. I'll give it to you. Because at least, like, Civil War is rewatchable. I can, and it's got some cool stuff, and I can follow the Spooder man. It's, at, <laughs> at the very least, I can enjoy certain aspects of it. Whereas if you want it to be like Iron Man as a trilogy, the third one is downright close to unwatchable for me. The second one. The third one? The no. second one with my bird. Nah, nah. Okay, we can at least one, agree the second... that the, at least we can agree the only Iron Man we like is the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or like um, Thor. We we think the first Thor is underrated, actually. And then yeah. the Dark World happens, <laughs> but then Ragnarok happens. It's a uneven trilogy. Captain America. It's still pretty good. Also, in terms of character work, I don't think there's. Other than maybe our first introduction to Spider-Man when he's talking to Tony in his bedroom, I don't think there's a single scene that perfectly personifies a given character than in the first Captain America movie when Tommy Lee Jones throws a fake dummy grenade and everyone scatters and Steve jumps on it. You're like, that immediately boils down the characteristics of this character and why we should care. And that's before he even becomes anything Mm -hmm. special. Like, from the get-go... The filmmakers knew what made Captain America special and only exemplified that further with each passing movie, whether it was, I'm a black and white moral character in this gray world that I'm living in in Winter Soldier, which is such a beautiful concept, or Civil War with its all over the place in terms of what is Steve's issue. It was just so well done for his entire arc and it wrapped up so well mcu's great but specifically the captain america movies are something special i think uh, yeah i'd agree as much as i don't like civil war I, I, I yeah that's fine sure i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna give a special shout out to star wars um because guys, no matter what we can watch them they're not bad, no matter how you feel about the new ones or the, the the prequels. They're not bad. They're watchable. They're cool. They're fun. The characters are, for the most part, enjoyable. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> anyway, so take us home. I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think? What are some franchises that you think there have not been any bad incarnations? Let us know in the comments below. It was like came from you guys. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.